Well, welcome to another podcast with conversations, and um, today we're going to be talking about discipleship, but before we get into it, uh, I do want to talk to those who, this may be, if this is your first time to listen to one of our podcasts, uh, be sure and check out the rest of them. We have all kinds of stuff on there, ranging from interviews with uh, missionaries, church planners, uh, theology professors, an actor from the Mayberry Man, if you're familiar with that one, we talked to one of the co-stars in that and got some behind the scenes and heard his testimony. Um, so we've uh, we just got a bunch of stuff. We got some theology stuff on there where we talk about uh, doctrine of Christ, doctrine of salvation, doctrine of sin, um, and we also have uh, three podcasts where we talk about how to study the Bible. And if you're new to studying the Bible uh, and you want to go beyond just reading it. Uh, I would highly recommend that. Me and a couple others, we just kind of walk through um, some basics and just some th- practical ways and things you can do to help study the Bible and understand it and grow in it. And so w- we think that'll be helpful for you. And upcoming, um, um, some podcasts are upcoming, which I'm excited about is uh, two of them I want to mention. One is uh, with Sean Lee. <clears throat> He's a friend of mine. Uh, He's an assistant pastor up in um, Roswell, New Mexico, the home of the aliens. And so uh, he's been there about 20 years. And so uh, uh, anyway, he just went through a uh, battle and struggle with cancer. And so uh, he has agreed to talk about that journey and some lessons he learned and how he faced it and how God, you know, walked him through that valley in his life and how God's people uh, minister to him and, and he's going to be real and authentic and honest i mean you know he's he's like you and me and so if you if you are struggling with that or if you know of someone struggling with that uh pay attention to that one when that one comes out and we'll get you more information as it goes so another interview that's coming up that uh i think some of you will relate to and that is i'm going to be interviewing a friend of mine by the name of peyton smith he has started uh uh, wheels and wagons, uh, uh, wheels and wagons, <laughs> wheels and weapons. And, uh, he is, uh, uh, and it's a ministry for, uh, uh, format for him, but, uh, he was paralyzed from the neck down, uh, a few years ago and, um, changed his life completely. And, um, and he's got to walk with God now and he's, uh, doing a ministry from his, you know, basically from a wheelchair. And he is, uh, we're going to talk about his ministry and we're also going to talk about his journey um, when, he, you know, when he woke up and realized he was paralyzed from the neck down and just the whole emotional, mental drama that you just go through. Uh, so he's going to share a little bit about that and how God uh, walked him through that valley as well. So um, I'm excited about those two. I think those will be helpful uh, for some of our listeners. So, all right. So today I have with me Spencer Ray. Oh, wait. Dr. Spencer Ray and uh, <laughs> uh, Spencer and I, we go way back. I met Spencer at college and uh, we became good friends there. And then the next thing I know, he's the best man in my wedding. And so, uh, and we've got some other friends. As a matter of fact, Sean Lee uh, was from the guy I just mentioned a while ago. He's from SBU. That's where I met him. And we're all kind of friends and we've just been doing ministry uh, in various places over the years. And uh, but today I wanted him to join me. First of all, I like him. Number two, uh, he is also the assistant pastor, 
in uh, at a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, part of his umbrella, part of his ministry is discipleship. And so uh, we're just going to have a conversation today about what discipleship is, how to make disciples. And so with that said, welcome to the podcast, Spencer. Good to have you. Thank you. And, and I'm very thrilled to say that uh, you and I are going to always be able to brag that we met in the previous century. And that always sounds really impressive. Anytime yeah. you say anything that you did in the previous century. <laughs> and well, the second thing is we can brag that we knew each other before the internet. Um, wow, that's true. That sounds like prehistoric. Um, oh, yeah. Well, hey, my kids remind me all the time how old I am. They'll, you know, they'll ask me questions. Dad, what was it like to be able to see the dinosaurs? That's just amazing. <laughs> you know and oh, yeah. yeah what did you think oh, when yeah. you saw the wheel for the first time i mean that's just yeah. that's incredible yeah. Yeah. you know and they're referring to jurassic park right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i had this friend of mine he uh oh man whenever he talks about his life uh pre-2000 he oh, yeah. always says i mean like you're talking about the centuries yeah. he says well he says last century when i was a kid yeah. He, that's yeah. just how he refers to it. And it yeah. just, yeah. it yeah. makes me sound old. It makes him sound old. It's just, man. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, that yeah. Is, that's yeah. nuts, man. Yeah. Um, well, that, you know, you know, everyone in high school now does not remember uh, the uh, attack on the World Trade Center, 9-11. Right. I mean, that seems like really like yesterday. Yeah, you know, it does to me, but it was, it was a long time ago. And uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, in context of our life, um, yeah. yeah, you know, um, you know, the older I get, though, I, there is a part of me that, you know, I'm 53, so um, uh, I think I said, you know, there's a part of me that said, Lord, really, why can't I live to be about 150? Because I just now start, I feel like. I'm starting to understand life for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. by the time I'm just starting to really figure it out, yeah. um, I'm coming to the end of it, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. 20, 20 more years, probably, maybe, if I'm, yeah. if God bless yeah. me with that, I'm, I'm done, you know? But because um, yeah. um, I will say this, I mean, I don't, some of the listeners already know this, but, uh, you know, Pam and I, we, we uh, you know, we got four kids that we had on our own. They're all grown up, moved on. And a couple of married and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and we got grandkids. But a couple of years ago, we started over with adopting um, a uh, two-year-old at the time. And um, and so we've had her for three years. And now we got her sister. We're le legal guardians of her. So, and she's two. So we got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And we're starting over raising a family in our 50s. Yeah. I, well, that's good. Yeah, but where I'm headed with this is, is that my old, my, uh, you know, biological kids, they, um, they'll come over and they'll be hanging out and they'll say, dad, you never let us do that, you know, yeah. and right. I said, I, but and I said, hey, you know what, there's a big difference being a parent, you know, at 53 versus yeah. 23, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, and Truly. so, and what I thought was Truly. important back in my 20s as a parent, no, yeah. You know, yeah. um, uh, but things change, man. Oh, yeah, they do. 
Yeah, well, and, you've raised a lot of good rabbits we could chase. We could, man, all day long. I will restrain myself. Yeah, that's right. So uh, for the listeners, just beware. Spencer and I, we both like to talk, and we do like to chase strange-looking yes. rabbits from time to time. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. That's true. That's yeah, that's right. All right, so all right, we're, we're going to be talking about discipleship. And so, uh, Spencer, let's just uh, – I've got – we're going to talk about some scripture. We're going to talk about some questions. And um, we'll just go as far as we can. We'll do this for about 45 minutes. And so right. listeners, I hope that uh, this will help help you. So let's just begin with a basic question. So what is discipleship? What is a disciple? You know, let's kind of do some terminology stuff before we yeah. get into methodology. So yeah. from your world, how do you, how do you define yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you, I'm glad we're doing this podcast. You know, I, um, uh, I think it was Rick Warren wrote that book, Purpose Driven Church, and he talked about five functions in a church. You need the worship, the discipleship, the fellowship, the ministry, and the, uh, what's the other one, evangelism, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that people access the church in different ways. Some access Christ and the gospel and the church through social things uh, the fellowship function of the church some access god through music and and maybe their point of connection with the church is the music uh not as many uh really connect with god through discipleship um and i would say that discipleship is not as uh it's not emphasized in churches as much as i think it should be um so I do think that our discussion today will be helpful to some who maybe their church doesn't have it or they're not, they're not looking for it. And uh, so we could start with the fact that the word disciple for Christians becomes important to us because it's mentioned so much in the Gospels. You know, when you're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just to learn more about Jesus, you keep running into that word disciple. and. Uh, and maybe you think uh, disciple is something like being a student. And most of us went to school as kids. And, uh, but then when you really drill down into that word, you find out that the difference between a disciple and a student is a student is mainly interested in information, but a disciple has a master. And in the, and in the ancient world, the emphasis was on the master's doctrine or in other words, their way of life. And yes, there's explanation that goes with that, learning that way of life. But the focus is on following the example. And it's similar to the word apprentice. And Donald Trump, you know, years ago, he kind of probably made the word apprentice more familiar. Oh, yeah, with the show. show, You know? Yeah. Um, So an apprentice is learning your skills, your trade skills. But a disciple is similar to that, only the focus is on your way of life, your habits, the rhythm of your life, uh, and your way of thinking. And, and I think this is a good place to begin with the subject, is, is, is just getting into the fact that the goal in discipleship is to learn a way of life. And the disciples of Jesus traveled with him, they lived with him. And he did not invent discipleship because it, was, it had been done uh, in the ancient world for centuries before Jesus was born. But that concept was familiar that 
someone might hear a philosopher or some kind of religious leader, prophet, guru, whatever, and would, um, would travel to that location. Uh, Jesus's cousin, John, the baptizer, had disciples, and they actually lived, lived with him and stayed in his location to listen, to see how he handled crowds, how he handled adversity, and, and most of all, to learn his way. In fact, one time, the disciples of Jesus were asked a question by critics, and they said, um, the disciples of John fast, and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, and, uh, but you guys, as disciples of Jesus, you never fast, and why is that? that? And so just that very question draws our attention to the fact that this was being done by others in, in Jesus's day. Uh, but, but that kind of gets to the point of your question, I think. What do you think? Well, okay, so um, at Genesis Church, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark for like two years now, you know? And, um, um, and in the early stages of it, um, well, first of all, we're, we're calling the whole series, Follow Me. I mean, it's, it's all about, we're, we're looking at the Gospel of Mark through the filter of, okay, so at the very beginning, Jesus says, follow me to some of his disciples, okay? Yeah. So we're calling it Follow Me. And we're learning about what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to learn who Jesus really is, not who we think mm -hmm. he is, but who he really is. Uh, we're trying to understand his mission. And then we're trying to understand our involvement in following him uh, as disciples. Okay. So, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and what does that look like? What does that not look like? You know, what does it really mean to follow him? So one of the definitions that we sort of kind of land on is it's based off of uh, that statement where Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Yeah. And so for yeah. us, yeah. So for us, we're, we're seeing this definition. We kind of flesh it out like this. Following Christ, uh, a disciple is following Christ who is being changed by Jesus, who's also committed to his mission. And yeah. so, um, Good. I like that. Yeah. And so, and it, but for us, it involves three things. It involves the head, the heart and hands. And what I mean by that is, uh, following where when Jesus says, follow me, you know, you've got to make a decision, you know, that's the head part, you know, yeah. you've heard some truth, you've encountered Jesus some way, something's going on. So you make a decision to follow him and to, and to begin the journey of really learning from him. And then we, it moves to the heart where that is where you're being changed. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you, I will change you. I will transform you. Okay. Yeah, so as you're yeah. following him through your life, you don't know it all. You're trying to figure it out. And just like the disciples, man, they did some really good stuff. And then they, they just like, what were you thinking? You know, it's like, they didn't have any faith at all, you know? And so yeah. you see that over and over and over again. And yeah. uh, as they follow, so we're not talking about perfection here. So yeah. but it's the heart issue. So we're going to change the heart. So we got, yeah. so, so far following, is you're going to make a decision. That's the head. You're going to uh, you're going to let Jesus begin to make you into something that He yeah. wants you to be. That's your heart. But yeah. it's going to be about fishing for people. It's about yeah. making other disciples. And so now it involves your hands. And so your yeah. your, your head, heart, and hands. So anyway, and we see that as a life transformation. So to follow Jesus really is to follow Him to be transformed by Him in order to be a part of the transformation of others. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, that's kind of where we land on our understanding, at least when we're trying to, I mean, again, you know how it is, discipleship and being a disciple is just huge. I mean, it's a huge subject in the Bible. It is. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's kind of where we go with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's not original. We've tweaked it. There's a, a resource called Real Discipleship by Jim Putman, and uh, he has something similar to what I just described, but we tweaked it to fit our culture yeah. and our context but yeah. um uh and i would highly recommend it we can talk about resources later but uh yeah right so yeah. that's that's kind of where we we, we kind of base our definition off of that original statement when jesus says follow me and i will make you fish for people and then we just try to flesh that out as we, we've been going through mark and uh as people live their lives so yeah um all right so um when it comes to you know, disciples and disciple making. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, obviously we're, we're, when we're making disciples, obviously we're making someone who's committed to Jesus at some level, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, they're, and he's involved in his mission in somehow, something of that nature. Okay. Yeah. And how they flesh that out is going to look a little bit different, but now <laughs> as a church, for some of us listening, you know, uh, that, you know, they'll say, Hey man, I really want to grow. All right. Now they mm -hmm. don't know they're talking discipleship language, but they are. Yeah. They'll, say, they'll come to you. They'll come to me and say, I want to grow. How, how do I, how can I grow as a believer for our discussion day? They're really asking, how can I be a disciple and make a difference and all that kind of stuff? So what are some, what's your answer to that person or even that pastor that says, man, I really want to create something that we can duplicate in the discipleship process, you know, you know, you got any ideas on that? Well, ideas. Wow. That, I mean, that's a endless list of ideas. Uh, <laughs> and uh, really, I mean, endless list of resources that's out there that's available. Um, but trying to keep this practical in the amount of time we have here. Yeah. Um, uh, that conversation basically always starts with the subject of hearing and just the fact that time, quality time spent uh, with a teacher, a mentor, hearing, uh, letting, letting um, God's word soak into you um, is how you're going to, the mind is going to be renewed. There's going to be decisions made. Um, and so you know, it can happen to some degree through a classroom approach, just sitting in a classroom, listening, uh, even sitting in the worship service here, uh, preaching. There's a certain amount of discipleship that's happening. And then sometimes certain aspects of discipleship happens through counseling. Uh, counselors sometimes are in the discipleship business. And uh, it, it can be a really concentrated focus. On, on a very narrow part of your personality, your mind, uh, your spirit, uh, the counselor's focus. And, uh, you, and you see that also in uh, topical studies where there's a topical uh, approach to discipleship. We're going to study prayer or we're gonna study uh, Christian ethics, which is you know uh, uh, morality morality in your with your money morality in marriage morality in your workplace um, or you can do a study on uh, 
a biblical or Christian worldview. And so now, you know, uh, what do Christians, what did Jesus teach about things like uh, where the Bible came from? How did we get the Bible? And uh, Christian view of, of nature and, you know, is nature permeated with spirits or is it not permeated with spirits? And some parts of the world in ancient times and, and still today believe that trees and flowers and dogs and cats have these different spirits or, or even gods. And, and, and so there's so much to explore in um, the Bible presentation of the world that we live in, human nature, the nature of things. So as you try to explore all of that, sometimes a classroom approach is adequate. Just, just getting that information in front of you. You can read books on your own. You can watch podcasts because there's an endless supply of podcasts now. And, <laughs> including uh, this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, including this one. And, um, but uh, before I shut up and uh, give you a chance to speak to this question too, I will say this, that for me personally, my own testimony is that I grew up in church and was a believer. And when I went to college at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, I arrived as a person having some um, small amount of Bible knowledge and some basic uh, priorities of church attendance and, you know, giving money to support the church. But I had an addicted desire for pornography. And with that came things like guilt problems and shame and self-image issues that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. And that also opened me up to the darkness. So we're talking now about demons, which now there's your biblical worldview coming into the conversation. Right. What do we believe about the spirit realm, angels and demons and things like that? Right. And I was, at, you know, under constant visitation of darkness and fear right. and, and anxiety. And so all that was happening. And one day I met somebody involved in a campus ministry called the Navigators who featured discipleship, personal discipleship. And we became friends. It was very random. I, I, to this day, I see it as God intervening in my life. Yeah. <clears throat> and this random friendship began. And finally, he told me about discipleship and would I be interested in joining their discipleship program? And I did. And he began to personally hold me accountable to daily Bible reading and Bible memorization. And he took me out in the dormitory sharing the gospel and in the streets and in pool halls. And uh, we spent time praying and I just being with others, listening to others my age that were praying very seriously. And here I am thinking this religion is mainly for old people and for people like my parents. And now these are all college students like me that are all, and they're biology majors and math majors and engineering majors and education majors and, and all of this. And they're as possessed with the importance of Christianity as my preacher back home. And the example combined with the learning transformed me, radically transformed me. And that's my personal experience. And that has led me to emphasize personal mentoring as my favorite approach to discipleship. 
Yeah, you know, um, I've had some a, a few folks in my life that have poured into my life, you know, and um, when somebody does that, you know, it uh, it is it is transforming um, mm -hmm. because you don't get that anywhere else, you know. Right. In your life, there's right. like usually outside of being trained for a job and you're spending one on one. That's yeah. about as close as you're going to get. And, uh, right. Uh, right. but that's not even, I mean, that's a, that's not really close to what we're talking about because, you know, with that personal mentor, uh, it's, it's a really about a relationship. You get to know them, they get to know you. Um, and it's about mentoring you for life to follow Jesus. How does that look for you in your life? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that, okay. So when somebody comes to me, and they say, hey, Jeff, um, you know, I want, I want to grow spiritually. So now here's the thing. Um, five, six years ago, we, you know, we started Genesis. And uh, up, till the, up till then, the churches I pastored were your typical churches. Majority of them were believers. The majority of the people who came were uh, already believers. The majority of the visitors were believers. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, from one church, you know, doing the church hopping thing, you know, you know, and they just checking out the best show in town and they're looking around that kind of thing, you know? And so, uh, um, but when we started Genesis, something happened that uh, changed for me how I had to approach ministry. And um, because we, uh, pre-COVID, we had about 40% of those who came to Genesis it was either their first church ever or their first church in over 10 years. Okay. So they, they were, they were considered unchurched and yeah. that, that was our target audience. So, so pre COVID we, we had 40% of those sitting there on a Sunday morning that really had no church background. They, they weren't raised in a Christian home, read the Bible, all that kind of stuff. They just, and so, you know, we, and we had to, we had to, you know, we, and that was, again, that was a target audience. And we would start having these people, they were starting to get in a hunger for the word and they wanted to grow spiritually. And so uh, me and a, a couple others, we sat down and said, okay, how do we, what do we tell them? You know, what do we have for them? Here's, here's what we recommend. If you want to grow, you know, and continue this discipleship journey that you're on this learning and following Jesus and learning how to do it. You know, what, what do you do? So um, one of the things we tell them is you have to understand that you're not alone. You got to understand that you yeah. don't have to do this by yourself. So we yeah. tell them there's three main, there's three main players in this thing. One yeah. is it's God. Okay. So he's going to provide people like you mentioned about that guy in your life. Yeah. So God, oh, yeah. God is concerned about you growing spiritually. So he's going to provide a church. He's going to provide you the word he's gonna provide the holy spirit he's gonna provide other believers he's gonna provide you know yeah. uh what you need to live this godly life that you're pursuing and following jesus the second player is you you know mm -hmm. as individuals so there's gonna be some responsibilities that you have that you're gonna mm -hmm. have to do you're gonna have to make some decisions and invest in your own spiritual growth you're gonna have to decide to follow jesus you know yeah and so yeah. uh the third one is the church. Now, again, you're going to have to have these believers in your life and you got to don't try to just have a quiet time. And that's all. I mean, you can grow a little bit like that, but you've got to have other believers. It's a part of. So here's what we do. OK. All right. So for us, we just kind of 
And what I'm about to share, I'm going to just give you a, I mean, like, boom, I'm just going to throw it out there. But uh, I think I, I was thinking about this this morning. I thought, really, if we got to this subject, I, I'm, this is going to need to be a podcast by itself what I'm about to share with you, okay? Yeah. But here, yeah, so here it is. We tell people when they come to us and say, hey, I want to grow spiritually, what do you recommend? So we give them what we call a C5 strategy. And we call it C5 strategy because I preached a sermon on one time. And all the points begin with C. Real complicated, but it's based off of the disciples, the uh, and how what Jesus did with them. Um, and now this is not really in any order, but uh, but here's how here's what we tell them. So first of all, we just say celebrate. All right, go to church, get up and go. Okay, yeah. Make that a priority. Find a good church that's preaching the word that makes sense to you that connects with you. And that, uh, you know, you, you feel like, man, I can grow with these people. So just get get up and go. Almost no responsibility, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and of course, at Genesis, we just tell people, look, you don't have to dress up. Just show up, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can yeah. wear, you, wear your overalls. We don't care, you know. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, do that. Just so that way, every week, you're making a decision to be with other believers hearing the word preacher in an atmosphere of worship, you're doing this right. on a weekly basis. So we believe right. there's value and power in that. So you got to have that. Absolutely. All right. Amen. Yeah. So the next thing we have is we just say get connected uh, with other believers. So we got celebrate, then we got connect. Uh, and connect means for us, it's life group. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. now yeah. It, it, life group is a little different than say a Bible class. Uh, life group is really about absolutely. Yeah. About application, journeying, praying right. together. I mean, yeah. it's uh, so we always tell people look, don't expect a Bible study in the sense yeah. of, you know, if you've been to a Bible study, don't expect a white marker board. You know, it, we're going to be sitting in a living room or someplace and, uh, and we're talking about the word and what it means and how we're going to apply it. And we're dealing with life issues that come up. I got a question about that. Yeah. Do y'all, um, do you all follow a discussion guide that's prepared in advance or is it kind of a random shoot from the hip? All the above. So, um, you, you had mentioned this a while ago about like, you know, people are at different places and they learn different ways and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, right. um, so our life groups, you know, um, like for example, my life group, all mm -hmm. what we do is we discuss the sermon, no matter who's preaching, whether it's me or somebody else, we're, we're going to discuss that, but we go into some more details and we yeah. hammer on the applications, what we do. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah That's so. what we do at my church too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we so, and we do have other life groups that they use like video driven stuff, DVD driven stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it all has to be, yeah, it has to be approved. And so it's kind of mm -hmm. a, you know, yeah. we just tell people if, they, if they're interested in getting connected to the life group, we just tell them, try, try two or three of them out, you know, um, you know, you might like one better than the other, you know, and so, and that's, we don't care. Absolutely. We just yeah. want you to be a part of a life group, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we also tell them, look, uh, most of the life groups meet every week. I said, but we tell them, you don't have to go every week. Just start going. If your work schedule, yeah. life schedule only call, it allows you to go once a month, still yeah. go, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Show yeah. up, you know, be a part of that group, you know. It's and, spirit, you know, you're experiencing the spirit yeah. of God and the spirit of people. The moment you step in, it's like a bath. The minute you put yourself in the bathtub into that water, you're feeling the temperature of that water. Oh, you're absolutely. Instantly feeling it. 
and your spirit is instantly experiencing something good when you get into that social spiritual gathering yeah even if you don't can't do it regularly no but i mean think about it if you go if you go once a month to a live group that's like 12 times a year i mean oh yeah yeah. I mean, that's, that's three months worth of hanging out with people, you know, oh, yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, we, uh, we just tell people to get connected. And also we tell people that's where you build relationships. That's where you get to know other believers. Like, so if you're new to a church, man, if they have Sunday school or life groups, small groups, cell groups, whatever they call them, you know, you go to them because that's where yeah. you're going to get to know people. So, True. all right, so what we got, we got, they come to, we're going to tell them, you got to celebrate, man. Go to church, get connected, get to a life group. The third one is contribute. Um, start doing ministry. And, you know, when yeah. you look at the disciples, Jesus, you know, they would often be in the large groups with the bag, with the crowds and he's teaching their part of it. And then they would be in the small group, you know, with the, the 12, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. um, uh, but they all, he also released them out. He would send them out to do ministry. And, yeah. um, so we try to encourage them to get involved in some way, not necessarily through Genesis, but in some ministry, you know, yeah. that, you know, Christian driven, mission driven, kingdom gospel driven. And in some way, whether that's even greeting at the door or whether that's involved in some community ministry, but we want them to start thinking about serving others. Um, exactly. Yeah. So the fourth thing we tell, we recommend, we say, you know, is just to uh, start communicating, all right? That's the fourth C, communicate, which means uh, start thinking about inviting people to church, you know, uh, because you now know people, if you're coming to, to, to church and you're coming to a life group, you can start inviting people who've never been invited before because you got people in your circle, you know what I'm saying? That, I do. Need, that need all this. So, uh, and it, and you know, we see the disciples doing that, you know, inviting their right. each other. Uh, and then the last one we tell them is just to uh, cultivate, and that is, uh, hey Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Hold on a second. I got. I got to let my dog out. Oh my word! Gonna make a mess. Come here, Lucy. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'll keep talking while you go. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah. for the listeners or viewers, now they understand what's going on. Yeah, that's right. Now they know what's going on. Old dog uh, takes her sweet time getting out the door. Well, all right. Go well, ahead. Well, we got a dog, but it's a puppy. And yeah. she don't take her sweet time by nothing. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, know, puppies are different. Yeah, that's right. We're still in the training process with her. Anyway, the last thing that we do is, uh, I said cultivate, and that means cultivate in yourself. This is where you spend time alone with God. You know, you had mentioned that earlier about reading the, you know, read the Bible, read Christian books, listen to podcasts that, you know, and I'll be honest with you, you know, Spencer and I both know this, if you're listening church your church and your life group cannot cover everything that's going on in your life okay right. there are some things that god is just needs to talk to you about okay and yeah. he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna lead you to that podcast he's gonna lead you to that sermon online he's gonna lead you to that book you know what i'm saying that your pastor is not gonna address probably ever you know because it's just so unique to you um, you know, your life group's not going to talk about it, you know, probably for the next two years, they're not going to get to it, but there are things going on in your life that you don't need to wait for your, your church to address or your life group to address. You just need to get into the word, find some resources and, um, let God start working on you. 
So anyway, that's what we do. We, when somebody comes to, hey, man, that's the 5C strategy, and that's what we, we try to promote. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, now, we that's tell people, good. we tell people, we know that it's kind of, you know, you know, I say, look, if you do one of them, any of them, yeah, you're going to start growing spiritually. Can't it's, help it. Can't help it. Yeah. Any one of those right. you do, if you do two, you'll find yourself growing a little faster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you do three, yeah. four, five, if you do five, you're going to find that if you were doing none of these and now yeah. you're doing three, four, five of these, you're going to, you're going to sense God yeah. talking to you all the time. You know, it's going right. to be, it, right. it, it'll be incredible for you. Um, so you're talking about a kind of, uh, a, you, somebody might call this a philosophical explanation or overview that you're going to communicate to a person that you're soliciting. You're, you're trying to talk them into to getting involved in this program, basically. Well, yeah, I wouldn't even call it a, I mean, it's not really a program, uh, but it is a strategy. And uh, yeah. meaning okay. that, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and for us, it's something concrete. What we when so when we're trying to make disciples, um, we wanted to give them something they could actually hang their hat on. Absolutely, uh, a, and, a way to understand what the, how this works. Right. So, and you know, because it you know it's it's very easy to understand. Oh, I need to go to church. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I need to spend time alone with God now, you yeah. know, or I need to go to a life group or whatever, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah. you know, but well, however, communication of, of what we're doing and why we're doing it is the constant challenge for, for church leaders, oh, man, it is. Um, and you know, we try to build all this stuff into our announcements. I mean, so every mm -hmm. week we're trying, we try to announce, we don't call it C5 strategy. We don't, say that all the time but we'll we're, we're yeah. we'll, we'll refer to hey we got some bible reading plans for you in the back that are free if, if you're thinking about reading the bible we got a one-week plan where you just read one little short book a chapter a day for five days to test it out all the way up to a full year plan so so what we're when we're talking when we're promoting that we're actually promoting that spend time alone with god that's what we're talking about you yeah. know yeah and so uh we've got uh there are times where in the sermon we'll eat, we'll we'll refer to stuff. I mean, every week we refer to at least one aspect of this somewhere in the service. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, constantly reinforcing and pumping uh, this. This is an investment in you, um, and this is helping you grow spiritually. And so, if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to try to understand what it means to be a disciple and what following Jesus looks like you know, at work and home, at school, wherever, uh, you're, this is some things that you can do to begin that head, heart, and hands transformation. And so yeah. to, um, uh, to where Jesus says, follow me and I will make you, but you got to follow him first of all, because Jesus isn't going to force you to do anything, but he does. He said, if you follow me, I'll start making you and I'll mold you into who I, who you need to be. And, yeah. uh, um, but you can see why that needs to be a whole podcast by itself. I don't know how long I went. Oh, yeah. That was like Absolutely. That was crazy. All right. So let's go with another question. Um, so when it comes to being a disciple or making disciples, what are some obstacles that individuals are going to face 
You know what I'm saying? What, what's going to, what's going to, what's going to come up that's going to keep them from following Jesus or slow them down? You follow what I'm saying? I do. I yeah. do. Um, well, I'm just keep it simple. I think of a personal problem and that is, you know, your own fear of, having to be vulnerable and transparent about yourself, you know, to say, um, you know, Hey, I, like I remember I was discipling a man one time and he said that when he gets discouraged that he shoplifts, oh, he steals in the yeah. grocery store, he'll steal something. Right. And it's, it's mainly a, an adrenaline rush for him, mm -hmm. but to be vulnerable enough to tell me that about himself, he, he told me one time about a time that he he was a janitor for a church and he smoked pot in the janitor's closet, you know, and I don't, you know, it's when people are, are starting to tell you these things about themselves, that's going to maybe make you think badly of them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, that's going to help them. But, uh, but I think that you have to overcome a fear of vulnerability and transparency the fear of change some maybe sometimes you just like your life the way it is and, mm -hmm. and you're not interested in change or maybe you're especially afraid of putting yourself under the influence of another person and you might be manipulated or pushed into a corner about something and you don't want to get yourself in that position in the first place so you just avoid uh, avoid these gatherings where you're sitting around in a group, bearing your soul to this little group who's going <laughs> to go out and tell your dirty secrets <laughs> on the street. Uh, that's a hangup, especially for men. Yeah. Um, but there's that. And then I think just the pace of life, slowing down enough to be a part <clears throat> of something that's good for you. It, I would compare it to, people keep telling you that you need counseling you should go see a psychiatrist but you can't slow down and you don't want to spend the money and you keep thinking I'll, I'll just work this out on my own i'll just figure this out myself or uh, you know or you maybe you, you need to go see the doctor about your health and you just don't want to slow down or spend the money i think life our modern way of life is a big factor so our challenge as church leaders is to be able to call somebody to take a moment and think about what they are losing if they don't slow down and join a process, if they, uh, or what they're losing if they don't um, get over themselves and join a process that's famous for blessing people. I like to always pitch it as if I'm talking privately with someone about self-ship, I'll say, you know, I can give you a 100% satisfaction guarantee that after you have spent time being part of this process, you will not regret it. You will not say, oh, boy, that was a waste of time for me. <laughs> I've never seen anyone talk like that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, what do you think? Um, what do you think is holding people back? All the above, man. Um, well, when, when you were talking, I thought of something. Okay, you remember I mentioned we're going through Mark, so 
my head's full of gospel Margaret, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I can't hear you now. Yeah, just a second. I hear you now. I hear you now. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, my hand bumped it, and it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, the okay, okay. When you, in Mark chapter eight, I'm gonna read, and, and I, if I was a book writer, I I'm, I would want to write a book just on what I'm about to read, and okay. just, just literally break it down phrase by phrase because okay when i okay i'm about to read something mark chapter eight and i pre we on sunday mornings we preach through this or i preach through this we spent i, I don't know it's three four five weeks on what i'm about to read and we yeah. literally broke it down phrase by phrase and wrestled with what it looked like and yeah. you know then we took it over to the life group at least my life group and then we unpacked it there so here, here's what jesus says. remember we're talking about following jesus right being a disciple yeah disciple. yeah <clears throat> So in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, the Bible says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, this is Jesus talking. Yeah. If any of you wants to be my follower, mm -hmm. now I'm reading from the NLT, says you, okay. must, you must turn from your selfish ways. Yeah. Take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. All right, we've got an obstacle already. Yeah. And it's called me. Hey, you know, that's the whole thing I went through just now about. I know. That's, that's what, when you were talking, I was thinking, man, that sounds like Jesus in Mark chapter eight. And okay. so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No matter whatever excuse we have about uh -huh. why we don't go to church, why we don't read yeah. the word, why we don't aren't in ministry, why we're not part yeah. of a life group, it all comes down to this right here. You're selfish. Oh, yeah. You got something to get over. And it's yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get over oh, you. Yeah. And uh, so we spent uh, several weeks just on these few verses, a few more there. But uh, uh, but that first one, uh, man, you know, the whole whoo, dying yeah. to myself, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Um, well, and, you know, um, psych psychology has... Uh, I mean, we have a big, on a national scale, sociologists are all concerned about suicide and damage done to your personality through uh, body, your body image, how you view your body, and you know, how you see yourself. And so there's been this big push for the last 40 years on self-esteem and self-love and take care of yourself, be good to yourself. And that there's there's a place in healthy thinking for that, but um, you know when it comes to the opportunity for personal transformation in in the kingdom of heaven in Christ, and if you start talking to yourself, oh, I just love myself just the way I am, mm -hmm. then now we've got a problem because and this doesn't just impact that; it can impact. Uh, worker training on the job you know if you say hey the way I do things is good enough uh, you know in any profession they're they're talking about better practices and best practices and if you just are stuck on that well the way I do things is good enough or the way dad did things is good enough the way mom and dad did it the way the old old school way to do it's good enough and all of that way of thinking um if it gets in the way for your discipleship as a Christian, 
you're gonna you're gonna lose. Yeah, well, see, I mean, you think about it. <clears throat> okay, so we're gonna we're, when we're talking about following Jesus, being a disciple, you know, yeah. we've got to apply that to the real world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what yeah. does following Jesus look like as a husband, as a wife, as a student, mm-hmm. as an employee? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible addresses yeah. all these subjects, you know, to help oh, yeah. us with all that. And so, but. Oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, what does it look like as a senior adult who's getting older, who can't do things like they used to do? You know, uh, I see that quite a bit. I see a lot of Christians who were men on fire for God, and then they get older. They don't know what to do with right. losing, losing their physical abilities. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. So, uh, and they struggle with depression and everything else and anger. But anyway, um, uh, where I'm headed with this is um, this whole dying to self thing uh jesus knows what he's talking about because he says right after that and read it but right after it, he says if you want to gain your life you've got to lose it which means you've got to get off of the soapbox i've got certain rights you've got to get that rid of that oh yeah okay rights my personal rights yeah you got to get rid of that and you got to, and he's, and he got to start thinking like a servant. Yeah. And, and, and let's go a little bit deeper here. Some, most translations will use the word servant because it's nicer. But the yeah. Greek word in most cases is slave. Yeah. So you, and you, let's go back to what you said at the very beginning. You talked about a disciple, one element that's, crucial to understanding being a disciple is that a disciple in the biblical sense has a master yeah okay so yeah and you as as believers if we're going to get serious about following jesus we've got to understand we have a master and we are his servant and slave now don't think mean master that beats us and abuses us absolutely not no this master loves my yoke is easy and my burden is light yeah he is a wonderful this is one of those things where the bible talks about being a bond servant okay or a bond slave meaning i love my master so much i'm going to bond with him for the rest of my life i don't want to be set free you know oh yeah yeah so uh um we lost you there but uh, on your visual but uh uh Okay, I, there you go. I was yeah. getting a phone call. Oh, there you go. So anyway, uh, this whole discipleship thing, man, you know, I feel like, I mean, we've already been at this an hour. So, uh, and I feel like we just got started, man. Oh yeah. We could turn this into a, a, a podcasting video series. Yes, we could. And uh, actually I tell you what, and man, I hate to end it, but man, we got to shut it down at some point. Um, okay. All right. So let's do some takeaways. Uh, real yeah. quick. All right. So yeah. out of this last hour, if you've made it this far in the podcast, yeah. Um, what what are some what are some of the big takeaways you think, Spencer, that we have highlighted uh, today? All right. Well, number one, Alabama's going to beat Arkansas. Okay, that is absolutely right. Number two, uh, be sure that you've done something about your dog before you start a podcast. Mm. Okay, right, that's. that's- Actually, that's the top two lessons we learned today. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I think the biggest takeaway, if I were, if I could crawl back into my mind when I was 18 years old, if I were watching this podcast, I would hear these two dudes telling me 
there is something big and wonderful that God wants to do in my life that's not happening just because I go to church, just because I sit in church. There's something big and wonderful God wants to do in me, but I'm going to have to be a lot more involved in something right. that they call discipleship. Right. That's a big takeaway, I think. You know, man, oh, oh, there is a verse. Let me look it up. I think I got it right here in front of me. Mm, Because of what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about there's three main players in you becoming a disciple, and that's God, uh, you, and others. Um, Yeah. Well, okay. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, um, Peter's talking, and and he writes, in view of all this, and he says some stuff. He says, in view of all this, he says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you make every effort. Yeah. Okay, so really the responsibility from your perspective as an individual is, it is your responsibility to make every effort to respond to God's promises. Then Peter says, supplement your faith. So you're a believer. I am a believer but I want to grow. He says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control with patient endurance, patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, we're talking about discipleship and growth. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it starts with you make the effort. So now if you've made it to this far at the end, I, the big takeaway for me is don't wait for someone else to decide to make you into a disciple. If right. God, yeah, if God's calling you to be a disciple, go for it. Dive in, start learning what it means to follow Jesus, which is going to involve dying to self. And that's going to be hard because you're going to be grieving a lot and yeah. uh, about losing something that you think is important. And oh, yeah. um, uh, but once you get to the other side, that's where you find life. I mean, man. All right, we're gonna have to come back on this, Spencer. I got. Hey, let me suggest a good podcast topic. Okay. How does discipleship change people? And I mean, ex- specific examples of a Christian without discipleship versus a Christian who has who has had discipleship like pictures of the difference what does that difference look like not the process but the result yeah oh yeah and i'll I'll just throw this zinger what if those churchgoers that owned slaves back in the days before the civil war what if discipleship had transformed their view of slavery so that they quit it terminated it on their own how different american history would have been how's that for a hook man that's a hook um yeah yeah, you know because you know there's a lot of debate going on around the whole history of america and slavery and right and um you know there's a lot of an issue that's a whole we could chase that rabbit a long time but we could i've got some ideas of things right now that are going on in in modern america that christians are doing 
they're living with it and they need to be transformed. Right. Well, you know what? I think I could add to your list. <laughs> I bet you can. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Hey, Spencer. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, me today and talking about discipleship. And um, hopefully this has been a blessing to whoever's going to listen to it um, and, and insightful and just give some people some stuff to think about. Um, yeah. If you got any questions, feel free to reach out. And, uh, you know, to me at Genesis Church, you can look us up, Genesis Church of Mexico, Missouri, and uh, we're easy to find. So uh, until next time, man, have a great week. All right. See ya.